Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. It's a beautiful day. How you doing, man? Good, 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 good. When did Cleveland get San Diego weather, by the way? I don't know, man. I, 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 this It's always weird this time of year, right? Like, So it could be hot. It, you know, I mean, it could right. be 88 degrees. It could be 64 degrees. It could be, like today, 74 and, and lovely with a light breeze. Right. It could or, snow. Or it could snow, right. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, we could have, you know, hail and ice and everything else. It's so weird. And... You know, days like this, like, I'm as a cigar smoker who really smokes outside, right? Like, I got to really enjoy these days because, you know, they're counting down. I'm not going to have many more of these to, you know, get outside right. and, and enjoy a good cigar and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I enjoy them, but bitterly because knowing that they're coming to an end, right? Right. And then... And you never know when they're going to come to an right. end. Right. So. And in Northeast Ohio, man, once once winter sets in, like, I mean, it, it, there's just no letting up until March, you know? So, right. Whether it starts in October or November or whatever, like you're 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 when, you know under you're you're under gray skies and and cold, cloudy, rainy, snowy weather for for some months. It's yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's it's beautiful. I'm not being totally inane talking about the weather, but it was on my mind. Anyway. All right, so last week we didn't get to the debt ceiling, but fortunately we could rely on Congress to drag things out long enough that we can talk about it this week. Right. Um, the posturing, I'll throw the ball to you on this one unless you want me to go with it, but there's something about the oh, noise, the fu- it annoys the fuck out of me totally that they mad. play these games like they're going to shut down the government and they, with no repercussions, and this is a, it's, has there ever been a republic or sorry, a democratic push to shut down the government? I think this, is, this seems like it's almost exclusively yeah. Republicans do it to Democrats. Right, I mean, I think... And really, we ha- we never really saw this. Uh, I don't think the government. We really saw this until really, you know, Newt Gingrich yeah, and, 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 and Clinton, right? Like it was really right. that's when the debt ceiling was weaponized. Before, the idea of raising the debt ceiling was just more of a formality, right? right. And if if you don't know what that means, if you're like, what is the debt ceiling? Literally, it's it's how much money the government can borrow to pay for things that it's already basically spent money on. Right. right or decided or, or or assigned a certain amount of money to right, so what they're saying is we need to raise the debt ceiling because we need to borrow more money to pay for Trump's tax cuts or the the war in Afghanistan war yes. in Afghanistan the COVID relief bill um, you know affordable care whatever it might be um, you know any you know the money that we're talking about spending and borrowing right now. Um, is, you know, things that have already been passed, that we've already said we're going to do. Um, and and so we, we raise the debt ceiling because we don't have the money for it right now, so we need to borrow more money. And in order to do that, we have to raise the debt ceiling. Now, some people say, what's the point of a debt ceiling if you're just going to raise it? Um, and that's a legit question, right? I mean, if it was just a formality for the longest amount of time and – you know, now we do it, we have all this posturing, it, it hurts us for a little bit, but then we end up raising it. Like, what what's the whole point of having it? I mean, I think you have it because it does give you some credibility on the world stage with the World Bank. Like, look, we do have control of this thing. Um, 
although if I'm looking at it, it's just like you're just gonna raise it anyway, right? Like so right. by having it, you create this unnecessary point of of tension that you don't need to if you would just make it a thing where you're just going to to continue to raise it um, or just get rid of it all all together. Now, the other part of it is at some point you have to start to pay for these things that you're, you're putting out there. Um, You know, as, as you know, the debt is in the trillions and trillions of dollars and we're talking about adding another trillion between the build back better bill and the infrastructure bill that, you know, Biden has on the, on the table. And those bills are also being weaponized and used you know, like, well, I'm not going to vote for this if you don't do that, and I'm not going to do this if you don't vote for that, and blah, 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 blah. And they're all sort of, you know, like, tied together. Um, and, and look, if we don't raise it, right, like, so if we don't raise the debt ceiling, it's a catastrophe. Yeah. Like, worldwide economic catastrophe. Like, that's not, that can't be overstated. That's not a dramatic, oh, the left is using this, like, the right is, no. We don't raise the debt ceiling that means essentially we end up just, uh, 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 you know, defaulting, defaulting on, on our debts. Sorry, I just I lost the word because um, I'm so good with money. I don't even know what the word is. Uh, but no, you end up defaulting on your debt, uh, which you know it, it affects your credit rating. And on that level, on the world stage with the World Bank, your credit rating goes down. Then I mean, it really it just it destabilizes markets. It, it just it fucks up the supply chain. It screws up everything. We just you know, kind of got out of this recession based off of COVID. And then if, if they screw around and they don't do this and they don't get this done and we run out of money and we default, I mean, I, I, it's going to be chaos. Um, you know, it affects me, it affects my job, it affects my day to day, you know, how we operate and the things that we'll be able to do in the near future and obligations that we have to fulfill. Um, you know, that's just me thinking dealing with HUD. Yeah. Dealing, yeah. You know, like dealing with HUD and some of these state agencies and everything else. Um, and, and, and it really, it really puts us in turmoil. So they, they got to figure it out. Well, again, I hate how it gets weaponized. I hate how it's such phony bullshit posturing. Again, as, as far as I can remember, there's always been a one-sided thing. Yeah. Re- Repu- Republicans love to play the fiscal conservative card and it's, that ship sailed a long time ago. Like, George H.W. Bush was legitimately fiscally conservative. He legitimately tried to responsibly run the government. Right. Reagan, the second Bush, Obama ran up a lot of debt too, but he was also recovering from a lot of the shit that Bush had forced him into. Um, and then Trump spent like a drunken sailor and always let's cut taxes for the rich to make the economy go fuck off. That doesn't work. Mm. Um and, I mean, their argument. I mean, and their argument is, well, look, it did work. I mean, everything was going great until COVID hit. So, I mean, yeah, it was. But the problem was, is that you know, like the government just wasn't generating the type of money it needs for the type of spending that it was going to do and cutting taxes. I just, I don't really care what anyone says. Like, there's not a metric that really says that it was really good. I think there are some wealthy people out there that'll say, yeah, this worked out pretty good for me, me. <laughs> right? Or, you know, my clients. But, I mean, overall, big picture, you know, did it really help? And, and there are some other issues and aspects to the Trump tax cuts that really relate more to Trump's other sort of policy as it relates to his trade war with China that, in fact, that, that impacted things. Uh, you know, I mean, it just, it's... You know, when it when it comes to 
our economy and the way Republicans look at it and the way that they, you know, like they do this where they weaponize the whole thing. And right now Mitch McConnell's, oh, it's the responsibility of the Democrats to figure out a way to pay for the stuff that they want to do, right? Like Mitch McConnell, you're fucking lying, right? Raising the debt ceiling has nothing to do with the Build Back Better bill. It has nothing to do with the infrastructure bill because those are still bills. They haven't been voted on. They haven't been passed and we don't have any commitment to pay for those things. This right. isn't what that's about. The debt ceiling is about how, can you cover your debts that you've already committed to, right? All those promise to pays, you know, those IOUs, those bills that you've already ran up, those bills that you've already received statements for in the mail, right? Like if you're just talking like the average person, right, you get the little notification on your phone, hey, from Ally, you got to pay your car note. Well, raising the debt ceiling allows you to borrow more money to pay for those things. Right. Right. So we're looking at things that have already we're looking into the past. Right. And we're, we're saying we're going to need more money so that raising the debt ceiling looks to the future to handle things that have been committed to in the past. Mitch McConnell is being completely intellectually dishonest and he knows it when he says, well, the Democrats need to do this if they want to be able to pay for the things that they want to do in the future. They need to find a way to pay for it. So that's why they need to figure out how to raise the debt ceiling on their own. We're not going to give them a single vote. And even if they have the votes to do this, it should still be partisan. So they really shouldn't raise it because we're not going to vote and they need to get us on board. Like, well, fuck you. If I have the votes that I need to do it, then I'm going to do it. I don't care if none of your people vote for it because you're just doing this to try to dump this on us, you know, to make us look bad so that you've got momentum going into the midterms. So I so many times have wished the Democrats would just say, fuck you, we're doing this. When I, I really point back to Obama and the Affordable Care Act when he had the House, the Senate and the White House and he tried to play nice and did. Yeah, there I, was, I wish, I, I wish I mean, he would just jammed down the original bill and said, I, I, the problem is, is that is, you know, people say that, but there's a reason why things don't go smoothly for presidents when they've got the, you know, when they've got the presidency and they've got the house and the Senate. And, and the reason is, is because even the people on their own side have their own game that they want to play. Right. I mean, and right now that one of those people is Joe Manchin, sure. right? Kristen Cinema, those types. And they're being very public about it. Like Kristen Cinema loves the attention. Right, like she loves the spotlight. She loves the fact that she's in the middle of it, so she can show her quirky fashion sense and her shoes a, and her I'm glasses. Look how crazy I am with all this stuff. Like I'm a Democrat, but I'm really moderate and blah blah blah. She loves it. Joe Manchin loves being in the spotlight. Finally, you know, he he he's kind of ascended to that that uh, was it Richard Byrd sort of level where you know my vote is the most important. Yeah, Robert Byrd. Sorry. My vote is so important. Everybody needs to lick my salty balls if you want to get your way. And I've got all these demands. Like, they both love it, and they're soaking it up. But when it was Obama in this situation, he had to deal with the same shit, but they were a lot more quiet about it. right? It was, it was his own Democrats who were fucking him. Right, in, in preventing a lot of that shit from getting through because there were things that they wanted or there were reasons why they didn't want it to go through or they had made promises and commitments and Obama comes in with all this other shit and they're basically like, you're screwing up our game, right? And so, but now, it, you know, but that was more on the hush-hush. So it was easy to blame Obama, like, you should have rammed it through and you should have got it, you're, like, it's not that simple. And now we're seeing, like, what Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are doing, they're doing it in broad daylight, but that's the shit that happens with almost all these bills, just under the cover of darkness. Yeah, and speaking of under the cover of darkness, darkness, three point five trillion dollars. Should have never gave you niggas money. 
What? Um, Chappelle the, show. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Um, uh, Rick James. Rick James, bitch. Rick James. Um, how much garbage is buried in a $3.5 trillion? <sighs> how many people are getting no bid contracts in the billions? And then there's a, there's a couple, yeah, couple, I mean, I, it's, just, it's, it's all that. I mean, when you go through, I mean, anybody can know. Just go read the bill, <laughs> right? I mean. In, in theory, I wonder, you know how big it is? I have no idea. I, I bet it's hundreds of pages. No, I think it's thousands. I think it, I think it's literally over a thousand pages. So, which is really easy. All right, so I have not read it, and I would bet you ninety percent of the congressmen, women, and well, they have it. I mean, and, 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 and that's you know, and a lot of them have it, and a lot of them is just like, look, I mean, I'm a hundred pages into this thing, and it's already loaded with trash. What are we doing? We have to trim it down, and I think that is a very value, you know, that's a worthwhile argument, and I can listen to it. You know, and the other part in this, too, when we're talking about some of these bills, infrastructure specifically, you know, you've got your really progressive, you know, further left Democrats, your AOCs and your and your Ileana uh, 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 Omars and, 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 the, and the like, who want some, you know, further left, more progressive measures, you know, tied to the bill. And they're saying, you're not going to get our votes if you don't do these things that are more... You know, green social services. And... Yeah, I mean, and, and Green New Deal gets thrown out there because it's just easy to say. But right. there are other more, you know, social service, social worker-esque, social justice-esque type things that they want in this bill where they're saying, if you don't give us this, we're not voting and you're screwed. Right? And so I think at some point, somebody's going to have to call somebody's bluff. Right, like, are you going to give the 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 more progressive wing of the party what they want? Are you going to cave to them, um, and know and, and pretty much know that you buried your bill because you you lose any Republican conservative support that you might have had, not to mention some moderates, or do you say screw it? Well, well let's get rid of not only the stuff that they're asking for because we're absolutely not going to get a bill, but then do we cut even more, right, and just get the bare bones, right, where we're literally only fixing roads and we're only fixing bridges. Um, maybe a little bit more gets sprinkled in there, but ultimately we get that stuff, which we need, which helps and it gets people back to work and, and all that other stuff, which is great. Um, but then at the risk of the flip side coming through, like, you know, like your progressive Democrats and especially like your, your, your blue check mark, black Twitter people are going to lose their shit because they're at a point where, you know, well, we shouldn't cave to anything, and if, if if they don't give us what we want, we should sabotage everything that they're trying to do until we get what we want. We're tired of being pushed around, and, and we need our way. And I I get what they're I saying. I get that, yeah. They're not wrong, but it's just like, all right, well, I mean, if you want to go all or nothing, that's cool, but realize, like, you could get nothing, and then you get trounced in the midterms like you're going to. Um, because historically, like you, you, you've got the presidency, you've got the house, you've got Congress. Chances are, people are going to be pissed at you just because people are people. You're not going to win. You, you know, when the midterms come, Democrats are probably going to get shredded. They're going to lose the house. Um, they could theoretically they could lose the Senate, um, and then and then what? Right? Like so now, like you didn't cave on you didn't cave on your principles, which is great, but you also got absolutely nothing. And now you're out of like now you're not in you're not the majority so now what the fuck are you gonna do right I forget, I forget who I saw railing I think it was actually Jank Junger from the Young Turks and we'll get to him later but he was talking about how he was he showed a video of a Republican senator saying this is all about school vouchers and you know, like he's naming all these things that are generally pretty popular 
and 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 he's literally saying like they're helping, <laughs> they're running <laughs> against their own people, and I'm saying this horribly, but they're you know the the, the things they're saying are so awful and egregious that they shouldn't be in this big government spending bill. Most people, regardless of political right. party, would benefit from and like. Right. And so it's just amazing. You can just tell, they're trying to do things that are going to help poor people. Right. How dare they? Right. I mean, like, what the fuck? I mean, they're talking about clean water and kids right. having food right. and, <laughs> and schools and schools being be safe. Right. Like, this is horse cock. You <laughs> know, I mean, it's just, it's, it is bizarre to listen to their arguments against some of the stuff. Like, and it's crazy that. You know, someone who wants clean water is like a far left crazy progressive. Right. Right. But they are. Right. Because like your moderates in that are just like, yeah, I don't know. Clean water bill. I don't think so. Right. Um, and so I, it's not necessarily fair to call them progressive and far left and all these other names because there's such the negative connotations that go with it. But I mean, it's just who and, and they, they also know and who and that's the other problem from a just a performative standpoint with a lot of your more progressive end of that wing is that they play into the titles and they play into the names and they play into the roles, right? Like they pick some of these really unnecessary fights about these innocuous things and try to turn them into social justice, you know, huge staple objects that need to be argued and debated about when it's just like, no, we, no, we can, we, we can move past this particular thing for the greater good that you were talking about before. And that's kind of where I was going with the, I wish they would jam this stuff through. Democrats find ways to infight where, I mean, say what you want about Republicans, they're pretty good at getting them into lockstep. I mean... Yeah, I mean, because it's weird, because I think there's a lot of infighting with Republicans and the conservative part and, and the conservative aspect of... They've got a lot of, of, of their own separate individual interests, but somehow they're able to come together and just like... Yeah, but at the end of the day, we really like fucking over poor people, and we really don't like anything that benefits minorities unless it somehow benefits us, which rarely does. So, yeah, fuck them all. Right? And, and, if, like, if, and, they can, and they can come together for a kumbaya moment for that any day of the week. And they're also, if they dare step out of line, they know they'll get primaried mm. by someone further right and further wha- and even wackier. And that's gotten us to where we are now. I mean, so another book came out about the Trump administration, okay. uh, Stephanie Grisham, who was what the, uh, she was a press secretary for Melania. No, no, no. She was Trump. She was the president's press secretary. Okay. To remember, she never actually held a press conference, okay. right? Like she never held a live press conference. She only put out a few statements here and there, but never like verbal, just like written stuff. And then she ended up working. Um, I forget what the order was in, but she was, you know, the, the chief of staff, chief of staff for the, for the, for the, uh, for the first lady. Um, so this book comes out, and the long and short of it is she says she should have said more and stepped up at the time, you know, just kind of confirming how out of just how wacky Trump was, is, whatever. Right. Right, how creepy he was and how, you know, I mean, and some of the stuff that he said about, you know, there are a lot of quotes that have been released about how you just, like, no matter what they say, you just deny it, you, you deny it, you deny it. Um, you know, just sort of inappropriate uh attempts at relationships with with female staff that he found attractive um you know just a a laundry list of shit that you i think a lot of people assumed was going on a lot of people said look it's basically happening right in front of your face there it is like we got to call it out um but you know she's just 
you know, sort of confirming it. And then Trump has gone to the, oh, well, everybody knew that she sucked and, and she couldn't hack it. And she broke up with her boyfriend and she was emotional and she's just mad at her boyfriend, which is why she's writing this book about me. And like, just, I mean, he, he basically said that, right? Um, and that's his standard, right? Like everybody who leaves the White House, like no one other than Corey Lewandowski, right? Cohen Lewandowski, Corey Lewandowski wrote some ridiculous book that basically praised Trump and all this other stuff. And like, this is why Trump's getting a raw deal. Otherwise, like everybody would love him. Um, you know, a person we used to have on the show, like gave me, the, gave me the book and was just like, you need to read this book. I mean, this tells you the real Trump. Like, okay. So you read it and it's just this Corey Lewandowski just, you know, like bemoaning everyone else for not seeing how great Trump is. Um, but then yet every other person that's worked for him in the administration or whatever, they come out and they're all saying the same shit, right? Like they're all basically telling, you know, their version of the same stories, like seeing it from the angle that they saw it at, right? But it all, like when you put the pieces together, it still makes the same picture of a bunch of people who didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They were in over their head. They had this narrative. They had this plan agenda that they wanted to move forward. They really didn't know how to do it. And they tripped and fell over themselves, constantly stepped on their own dick, um, got to a point where the main goal was to just piss off as many people as possible and then turn those people, right, turn the fact that those people were pissed off against them, right, and use that, at right, because they didn't have anything in terms of policy. They didn't have anything in terms of, you know, legislation or anything like that that was going to be effective that would help anybody. So the way to maintain power was to create as much chaos and as much anger and dissension as possible and then try to manipulate that to stay in power. And that's what they did and that's what they're still doing even though Trump's not in the White House, right? It's just like anyone who says anything bad about us, right? Like those people are crazy, angry, and stupid, and the only people telling you the truth are us. You can only get the truth from Trump. You can only get it from Stephen Miller. You can only get it from those who are most loyal to Donald Trump. Those, that's the only truth that's allowed to exist. And then if you get your truth from there, then that'll take you down the right path. Which is about as Orwellian as you can get. Yeah. Right? I mean, d don't trust your own eyes. Mm -hmm. All these other people are liars. Just zoom in. It's, it's fucking wild. But I'm frankly... I'm kind of sick of the books coming out. It's, yeah, just... but I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think it's important that we acknowledge them. I think it's important that we read them because, again, in the end, what you're able to do is you're, you're seeing inside that administration from all these different perspectives and all these different angles. And they're all, when you take all the pieces and you put them together, you still get the same picture. And I think th that's important. Right, it's it's important to see this mosaic when you put it all together and step back and say, you know, you still see Trump in the middle and basically everything burning around him. Um, I think we ne we need these books because historically, like they're gonna matter, right? They're not mattering in the moment right now because there's two like the Trump administration and the people around it and his handlers and him and everything, like they're able to still manipulate the base. And get them to say, don't worry, oh, she's, she's a disgruntled ex-employee who can't keep a boyfriend and can't get pregnant. That's why she doesn't have a kid and she's 40, because she can't get pregnant, because she's, cause she's stupid, that. right? Like, that's the type oh. of shit that they say, right? Right? Like, I mean, like, they distract you with the shiny object and the keys and the dumb shit and shit that doesn't make, right. that doesn't matter, right? Which Tucker Carlson then amplifies, 
right? And then they all, and then the followers just they they, they fall in lockstep. But historically, when 10 years from now, 15, 20, 25, 30 years from now, it'll be important that these people all are writing books, right? And you go back, oops, you go back and you read them and it's just like, oh, this is from his chiefest, this is from his second right. chiefest, this is from his third chiefest, this is from his second secretary of state, this is from his second attorney general or third attorney general or, you know, the, you know, you have all these different people who were in the administration, who were around him, who had access to him on a daily basis, who come out. And they all write these books and they all tell the same story, all of them, right? And that's why it's important that these people, as much as I don't care, as annoying and as obnoxious as it is because it feels repetitive, it's important that they exist because down the line, someone's going to need to be able to tell the story accurately. Well, and you're, you're hitting on another point that whenever, if someone says, you know, Trump did this, and the response is, that person's disgruntled, that person's stupid, I never liked that person, no one liked that person because right. we were in high school. You're not addressing, okay, is what they said true? Right. And by the way, the one the one highlight that a lot of the late night folks have had fun with, he alleged, Trump allegedly made a phone call from Air Force One to refute Stormy Daniels' description of his dick. <laughs> like, he wanted her, wanted step like, put out a press conference saying the statements by Stormy Daniels regarding his anatomy were not accurate. I just literally thought this is bizarro world. How do you not quit? If you're not her, how do you not just like, and I'm done? <laughs> right? Like, nope, not doing it. Nope, 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 nope. I don't know. Anyway. But, I mean, again, I think, like I said, I just I think it's important that those stories get told no matter how. Yeah, like you got a lot of people cashing in on it, blah, blah, blah. But I just, I think they... There was a time where I thought they're stupid and I don't want to read them and they shouldn't even be published. But now I realize it, it is important. We, we, need, we need to hear those stories. They need to be out there um, because otherwise you've got a lot of people who I think who do have Trump, Trump derangement syndrome, right? People that are so obsessed with him that they're completely blinded by everything that is Trump. And I don't think we can necessarily rely on them either, right, as accurate purveyors of history, right? Like, we need something else besides the people that are the Trump sycophants and then the people that are the, you know, absolute Trump haters. Like, we need someone else in between to, 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 to tell the story. Well, I mean, this to your point, these are people that were in his administration. So this isn't coming from AOC's chief of staff. Right. This is someone who was right there during it all. The, right. This uh, the, is not somebody that, you know, not somebody from CNN, right. not, not, not Rachel Maddow's producer. This is, these are people who were handpicked by Trump, who were pumped up to be, you know, I Trump choose only the best people. Right. You know, and then they end up falling out of favor because at some point they grow a conscious or they realize that his, his behavior is now a threat to their livelihood, safety, whatever it might be. But that, that's the thing, though. They always come out with these books after they're removed from the situation, and you, they almost always say, I wish I had done more. Well, I wish you had done more, too. In fairness to someone like Stephanie Grisham, if she ever tried to stand up to the administration, she'd have been fired in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean there's not a I lot think, she could I do. I mean, look, there's, I mean, and there's no, I mean, I think there are people, I mean, you, you had uh, Rex Tillerson who was just like, all right, fuck it, I'm just done. Right. right. Like, I mean, I think, you know, where he, you know, he made his statements, he made a stand. I th and, I, and I also think that we want them to do it 
we want them while they're working under you know at the at, at, you know at the pleasure of the president we want them to come out in the media and to berate their boss and say like this dude sucks and trump is wrong and blah 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 right it's just like but that's not really viable right like that's right. not something that like that's what we want right like what we wanted St stephanie grisham to do was come out and you know say all this stuff while she worked for him you know, so she could really burn him, and then like she get fired, then we pat her on the back, and it'd be a great okay. That's what people want. Yep. But real realistically, that's just not that's not something that you can. I mean, whether you say it's just like oh, they just didn't have the courage. Like neither would you, right? You're you 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 weren't you like have you at like, you know, if you were in a situation, would you come out and call a press conference? You know, when you were at Burt's Beeswax and just like they're putting Clorox in the in the in the lip balm. No, you wouldn't, right? Like I mean. Everyone thinks they would, and they've got these grand ideas I, I, of, I, of how I, great I, that they would be. You would do it in a very private way at best, and you would get yourself out of there before you really went to the whistleblower mode. There have been times where I've, I've done a... Where I've, I haven't seen a press conference. Well, I don't get a lot of uh, media attention, but I've I'm got, sure you've got copies. Please. Please forward them. Please, I, I can, I can show. <laughs> Please forward me the copies of these press conferences where I've you never, gathered I've, the news media I've, I've and you put I've, I've a never, major corporation I've, I've on blast. I never put a major corporation on blast, but I have witnessed things from my leadership. And literally, I literally told the guy I was working for in Cincinnati about what was going on with where I was. My home office was in Charleston, and literally said, "I'm doing this this week. If I end up like Sonny at the toll booth, I want you to know why." So I have at times uh, stood up for what I believed in, knowing it could very well have cost me my job. Um, but anyway. Right. I mean, I, but I think there's a difference between standing up what you believe in because it costs you your job. Because I think a lot of people did that in the administration, right? They're just like, hey, we need to do this. This is right. This is the right. There's a sure. right way and a wrong way. And then I think they were, you know, because there were a lot of. I quit. No, he was fired with the Trump administration, right? Because right? remember, we had the we had the Deadpool yeah. on who was next, and then we got tired of having right. It. We <laughs> got tired because it was just like, God damn, man! Like this, everybody, Melania is going to be on the list soon. Did, didn't Bill Barr? Didn't he resign before his term actually ended? I yes, think he did. Bill, Bill Barr did. That's why I said he had three attorney generals, right? right. Because Bill Barr quit like with a week to go. With or a week, I think yeah. Bill Barr quit either right before. I think Bill Barr quit in December. And be and there's a debate on whether he quit because of some of the discussions about the, January, what, January January sixth would be right what it what it was supposed to be and some other things and so they had to get another person in there, um, but I, it, you know my point is is you know it's it's one thing to to you know do something and say something that's going to put your job at risk which you know that if you you know that is what you did in your career and that's great and that's good. Um, and you got a lot of people who I think in this administration who did that, who like behind closed doors, like we need to do X and it's like, well, we're not doing that. It's like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm gone. Like in, in Rex Tillerson is a person that I put there, John Kelly, um, even though I think John Kelly was a little bit more of a wet noodle while he was there than he should have been considering, you know, but Mattis, right. Mattis yeah. got to a point where he was like, all right, fuck it. And, and Mattis came out and said like, look, I'm not doing it. I'm not working for that guy. This is why. Um, and I think we want more. People wanted more of the of the General Mattis type exits, right? Like it's just like, well, if you can't beat them, like burn them, sort of deal. Um, but the reality is, like that's that's not always a viable option. Oh, I understand. You know, I understand. 
Um, and, your, and your point's valid that, you know, we need this for historical perspective. It's just they keep coming in droves. And it's like, yeah, it's but here's the deal. Even, even if they did it, like, I mean, because I think everybody wants these, you know, these, these rebuttals of, you know, this pushback against the president while they're there. But, like, you know how they, the Trump administration would handle that, right? I mean, like, they're going to they're gonna shit on the person. They're going to tell you all these terrible things about the person. And... and even if we're able to separate it and say we don't believe Trump, we believe the the whistleblower. The problem is, is that they would still be able to create such a cloud that it would create a distraction from what the person is actually. I mean, it's just like what they did. Like what happens now when they do it after the fact, right? Like, right. I mean, so there's you know. All right. We talked a while ago about uh, Nikita Brown, a black woman walking her dog in uh, the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago who is very awkwardly attacked. I mean, that's the best word I can come up with. I mean, it's not even awkward. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the way he does, like, I mean, like, so if you see the video of, with Nikita Brown and, and the Chicago police officer, she's walking her dog, it's along the beach. Uh, you know, he, his claim was that, you know, it was, it was past hours. And so he was trying to get her off. And she, you know, I mean, like, now look, there's video. And there's video from, from, you know, basically the beginning of the encounter. And early on, she's, you know, signaling and pointing direction that's away from the beach that she's leaving. Um, she goes to walk. He follows her. And then, you know, she stops to kind of, like, record because she didn't feel comfortable with him. And he freaks out and tries to, like, take the – wrestle the phone – her phone away from her in a really bizarre, humping-type nature. Right. And there, there's a feel where he was just trying to like it. It seems like he was just trying to cop a feel, while he was he really was trying to take the phone. But she was fighting for what she felt her life, and then it and then he kind of just lets go and she gets away. And it's just a like you said a really awkward encounter. Um, but there's nothing there was nothing that he did that says appropriate at all. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean it was. If his real goal was, well, this person's in a park after hours, they shouldn't be here. When she said, I'm leaving, that's where it should have ended. Yeah, I mean, it's, especially when she says I'm leaving and she goes in the direction of leaving, right? It's a right. long beach. It's all you can just turn around and be off the beach, right? Like, she's got to figure out a way to, you know, get back to where she's going. Um, but once she's clearly leaving the beach, which you can tell on video, which is the you know benefit of video in this particular instance... You know, there's no, there was really no reason for him to do what he did, and and there's there's nowhere in the in, in the police manual, right, uh, in the officer's manual that you know someone turns around to record you, that you go up and you grab their wrist and you hump their leg while trying to take it. Wait, I'm sorry, right. like I don't I don't care how right. long you've been a cop, you can't point to the point in the book where it says to do what he did. There's right. just nowhere in there where that where that makes any sort of sense. So, so um, he, he's been relieved of duty. I don't know if he's no, been fired he's or he's had administrative leave. Okay. Suspended with pay at a desk. So, well, you know, he's also got a pretty shitty track record. Um, a number of disciplinary, uh, uh, a number of complaints against him with, with not a lot of discipline to go along with it. Um, right. There are 24 complaints against him, yeah. three of which resulted in di di disciplinary action. You know, I wanted to talk about this, and thank you for bringing that up. What is a normal number of complaints know. again? Because I don't know. because if if it's twenty four and he's a twenty four year veteran and the one a year, you know, yeah, I'm right. just like okay. And complaints can come from just angry people who 
don't like the fact that you gave them a ticket. But I mean, I, but I know some. I, I mean, now part of there's there's a couple issues about it, right? Like, I mean, like so some of these, like you know, the reporting system, how you how those complaints come in. There's there's that. You also have to take into account, like if your if your job is to arrest people, there's some people who aren't going to be happy about that, no matter how nice you are when you do it. Um, so that needs to be taken into consideration. But then there's also like. You know, like you said, the duration of time. Like, what's the, what, you know, when are the... What's the frequency? Right. Like, how, how frequent, how often are these things happening? And how egregious are the complaints? If right. It like, was is, exactly. Spoke like, to me rudely or tried to grab my ass while my dog was running around. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just... And it, you need... Essentially, what you're saying is we need context to yeah. what his behavior was. And look, whatever it is, even if it's one a year, there's an argument. Like, And I can, I can tell you... Like, look, man, I know some cops that have been on the force here in Cleveland for a while that don't have any complaints against them, right? And, and that might and, be the norm. Right. You know what I mean? And, and there's some who, who definitely have some, and I know, you know, like kind of everything in between. So I, I don't know what the what the normal number is, what the average number is. I, I, I haven't looked into it. I mean, we could, we could figure it. I'm sure we could take I, the data and figure it out. But 24 sounds like a lot. It does sound, it does sound like a lot, but I, I don't necessarily know if I want to jump into the, Agreed. and assume, right. And it's right. also how many of them involve women? How many of them involve like, you know, like inappropriately touching, inappropriate and, touching, right? Like, I mean, because now if you can start to see like a pattern, then you can, you can go to it and just be like, this guy is definitely a creep. Right. Um, and, and so there's, there's a lot of different things to sort of dig into, with a guy like that in his record. Um, but I don't know if I need to see all that. I mean, like once I see the video, the way that he approaches her and attacks her and he's got no good justification. Right. Right. Like he just does it. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care if you're a cop. I don't care if you're how long you've been a cop. You don't, you can't sit there and watch that video and sit there and make a good reason for why the guy would uh, attack her the way that he did and then, because then he doesn't even get the phone from her, and then just kind of sends her on her on her way, like, all right, well, all right, go. Yep. You know, like, we're fine. You're stronger than me for whatever reason. Then fuck you. Get out of here. And and there are certain things that are one strike one strike policy things. If in my job or in your job, if we were to treat a person that way, male or female, and it's on video, my boss would be like, okay. If I just did that on the street. You would go to jail. Right? Like, if I was just in my gym, right, and I see a girl, like, you know, she turns around to record, and I run up to her, and I grab her wrist, and I'm trying to take the phone from her, and I'm humping her? Like, I'm going to get kicked out of my gym. Somebody might hit me in the face with a fucking plate while I'm there with those psychos that I work out with. Like, it just, yeah, like, that exactly. behavior is not acceptable anywhere for any reason. Right. Right? Like, so the idea that you're going to just, like, well. I mean, you know, he didn't hurt her. It wasn't, you know, I mean, it wasn't something like where she got shot. You know, I mean, she's okay. It's not that big of a deal. We suspended him. It's fine. Like, no, that guy can't be on the street. Agreed. Right? Because there's no explanation for what he did. Right? Like, even if he says, oh, well, I'm sorry. I just, I overreacted because. Because I was high on ecstasy. That's the only excuse that I would. Right. Which, but, by the way, you're not allowed to be high either, on ecstasy while you're in the. Right. Like, so no matter what, you're, you, like, you kind of should get fired. I'm sorry. I like, agree. sometimes you just got to get fired. I'm not playing nice with you. I'm not saying, like, you just, like, you don't get to grab somebody and hump their leg for 30 seconds, you know, just to get your rocks off or just because you're really bad at engaging suspects or whatever you want to call her. 
right? right? Like, I, like no, if you're I not, guess. like, here's the other thing. If you're not strong enough to get a fucking phone from Nikita Brown, like, I'm sorry, like, unless he's a fucking black belt ninja that we don't know about, there's no reason why a grown-ass man can't be able to get a fucking phone from her. Then, then also, that's another reason why you just shouldn't have your job. Because you're a pussy. But at the end of the day, I can't have a guy that that's that big of a pussy on my fucking force. Right? Like, I mean, he's kind of dumpy and overweight anyway. Like, just get the fuck out of here. I'm done with I'm, you. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm fine with all that. Um, so, moving on to one of my favorite subjects. I have said a hundred times on the show that I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. <laughs> I'm actually a fan of the Young Turks as well. I'm not. I know you're not. I like I, Joe Rogan. I just like, you know what I mean? I, I just, I don't consume his show the way that other people do, like you do. You know what I mean? Like as, as often. Right. But I do like Joe Rogan. Um, I think he gets a lot of unnecessary heat for people that are just looking for a reason to be outraged. Um, I don't like the Young Turks. They annoy me. Um, and Sink Unger, like I'm not a fan of. And so his whole spiel, this is, this is, anyway, go ahead. This is he, so this is, yeah. So he was criticizing Joe Rogan for his take on, on when he had COVID. Joe Rogan did take ivermectin. He took human tablets, not horse paste and a bunch of other stuff. And a lot of people are just attacking Joe Rogan because he's, promoting ivermectin as a cure for covid which is not accurate um i'm not saying you handled it perfectly and i think you said a lot of dumb things about the pandemic but someone jank younger came out at him and some and, and said uh i'm bigger than joe rogan and someone said well you know i want you to say this stuff to his face call him an idiot to his face and jank was like i could take him out no you can't <laughs> i've seen joe rogan leg kick on videos it is horrifying Jake Younger is talking about being bigger than Joe Rogan. He's 5'9", and Rogan's 5'8". We're not talking about Andre the Giant versus me. Um, uh, it's just it's such a dumb thing for people to engage in. For, for I, And I'm totally calling out Jake Younger in this case. Because he's Joe Rogan is at kind of the top of the mountain when it comes to podcasts. And he's become a popular target for pretty much everyone. He's been attacked by the right. He's been attacked by the left. And I've picked up a pattern in his in his talking points now where he's he's reacting to, to, to those to those attacks and kind of I don't know, he does feel like he's moving right to me because a lot of these attacks are coming from the left and a lot of the attacks are really baseless. The whole he's promoting ivermectin. Yeah, he said he took it. It was prescribed by a doctor. I wouldn't take that for that um, purpose, but when one side just keeps trying to chop you down, you're going to end up presenting that side and fighting back. Right. I mean, and you see this a lot, right? There's a lot of people who were, you know, very progressive left who said or did something that alienated the left and the left did what they do. They eat their own. They drove that person the other direction, either, you know, moderate middle or just all the way to the right. Right, like there's just, I mean, we know people personally. You have Candace Owens, you've got Mike Wood Jr., you've got Tim Pool. Uh, yeah, Tim Pool. Uh, uh, who's who's the one girl, the one of the girls from the Me Too movement? I want to say Rose McGowan, maybe something like that. I don't know. Okay, but I mean, like, it just it happens all the time. Now, some of it with a lot of those people, right? It's just like, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of these people, I like, kind of deem themselves 
the the leader of the pack, the savior, and then they didn't get anointed that, and so then they got really mad, and it didn't help that the left attacked them the way they did. So, you know, there's some ego and narcissism involved right. with a lot of it, right? Now, in this particular instance, I think, you know, Joe Rogan does get a lot of shit from the left, and they use it to, like, people use it to boost their own sort of platform, right, because right. of the amount of attention that he gets, and they do say a lot of dumb shit, right? It's just like, how could you give that person an opportunity to speak? It's like, right. you know what I mean? And it's just like, because he had Alex Jones on his show or whoever, right? right? I mean, and it's just like, look... Um, you know, literally what you guys want is censorship, right? Like, you don't want these people to have a voice. You don't want these people, like, you only want to hear your side, and you only want to hear people talk about your side and your things, and if you don't hear it the way you want, in the way, you know, from who you want, or you, you get the wrong, or the wrong person gets the opportunity to speak, then you want to attack and shut them down, right? And, I mean, and, like, yeah, it's a free country, and if that's what you want, oh, you know, market demand and all that other shit, but, like, Joe Rogan doesn't have to stay on your side. He doesn't have to, you know what I mean? It's just like, right. and you're not hurting him. Like, he's just making more money. The dude is just backstroking in, in, in mountains of cash because the more you talk about him, the more money he makes. Um, you know, in this particular instance, I think the whole thing with Joe Rogan that everybody misses, like, this dude is beyond healthy. Like, he takes impeccable care of his body all the time. Yep. He, he works out and he conditions and he eats... You know, like, you know, he only eats fresh elk that he kills himself and, you know, all these vegetables. And he, he's got his own supplement brand where they, they, they pride themselves on the ingredients that they use and it's not just a bunch of junk. And I would try them, but the shit's so expensive, it's like out of my budget. Like the multivitamins, like $120 for a 30-day pack. It's crazy. Wow. Um, but like Joe wrote, like he takes very good care of himself. And then yep. so you have a healthy person where he got covid uh, for what it, like, I think COVID, the other thing about COVID too is that it hits, like, people at, like, the people on the left, they act like anyone who gets COVID, you're gonna die. If you don't have the vaccine and you you don't do the proper things the way that the, the, the CDC said to do it, you're gonna die. No, that's not true, right? COVID treats everybody different, right? Sure. Three people in my house got it. It treated every single one of us different, right? Like, and I mean, you and, talked about it on the show, it kicked the shit out of you, right? It literally crushed me, right? I mean, I fucking pissed myself, right? My daughter, eh, she was fine. A little bit of a fever one day, and she was good, right? Like, I mean, my sister put in the hospital, almost fucking killed her, right? right? Two friends of mine killed, right? One, almost immediately. The other one, long term, right? Other people in the hospital. Other people, nothing, right? Other people just lost their sense of taste and smell. I lost my sense of taste and smell for three fucking months. And then, then my smell came back in a portage on in a fucking, in a, in a construction fucking parking lot, right? Like, Sorry, dear COVID, funny. I hate you, <laughs> right? Like, everything about COVID, I hate. Right, but Joe Joe Rogan, like for whatever reason, it got him. It didn't like his for whatever reason. It got in his body, and it was just like, oh, there's not a lot I can do here, right? And then he took all the stuff that he took. Maybe right. that helped. Maybe it didn't. And he's also an extremely healthy human being, right? Like so, there's a lot of factors and variables into what happens to you when you get COVID, when these different people get COVID, and the idea that you know people attacked him the way that they did. It was like people were pissed that he didn't die. You know, it's like, oh, well, you got COVID and you said things we didn't like about it, so you should die. And then he doesn't, and they're like, the audacity of you not to die from COVID, and you took ivermectin like we needed that to happen, so we continue to promote the idea that anyone who says anything different from the from the from the party line is 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 obviously a sinister person that wants to see the fall of humanity, right? Like that's the problem with the fucking left. And then you got this this Jink Unger bum, right, who comes, oh well, fuck Joe Rogan and. 
I'll fight him and I'll be no. What are you gonna do? Like, like, cause this dude, Jink, like, he's just like he's he, he he's having uh, 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 Brad Pitt and, and Ed Norton Jr. fucking uh, uh, fight, fight club. club. Get out of here. He's like, well, I've been fighting my whole life. You have like, get the fuck out. You sit on a set and you make YouTube videos. Who are you fighting? Right. If this dude was actually fighting people. Right, just getting an actual fight, and he's actually seen violence. We would know about. Like, I'm sorry. Like, is his show Joe Rogan's show? No, but he's popular enough where if he beats someone's ass. It's going to get oh. out. Oh, right. If yeah, yeah. but if, right? If you're, if but people, but this is here, and I'm sorry. This is just a topic that fucking irks me, right? Because you got all these people who talk about all the fights that they've been in, right? I'm sorry. The the fight you got in in high school 25 years ago, I don't fucking count. Right, the fight you got in in college with a bunch of frat guys slapping each other around and punching each other in the dick, that doesn't count. Right, the bar fight you got in when you were 21 or 22, when you were, you know, a fucking inside sales rep at fucking XYZ Widgets. Right, like, I mean, this is just a couple guys, like, banging around, right? Like, I mean, like, you, you, has anyone ever made you bleed your own blood before? Right, have you almost or have you lost consciousness before? Right? Have you broken something? Have you broken something on someone else? A bone, an orbital bone, an arm. Have you snapped something out of place? Have you heard something on your own body snap and break because someone else did it to you? Right? Have you been shot? Have you been stabbed? Have you had to go to the hospital? Right? Like there's there's, there's levels to this shit. Right. So when you talk to me about violence and the fights that you've been in, I can show you the scars from knife fights. Right? I can show you things where, where, where things were broken. I can tell you what it's like when you're about to lose consciousness because someone's choking you the fuck out. I can tell you what it's like to get hit in the face with foreign objects and fists and everything else. And I can tell you what it sounds like when my fist hits your face and something on you breaks and it's not my fist. Right? Like, so the, all this violence and all these fights, talk, tell me what your fights are really about. Tell me the real fights that you've been in. Because if you haven't been in an actual fight that I deem to be a real fight, and yes, I'm saying my, you got to meet my standard of what a fucking fight is before I sit here and even begin to entertain the idea that you are going to step into a ring with Joe Rogan, who I know has seen violence, and I know who is experienced in fighting. You are just some fat guy who's saying, because I'm bigger, I can beat him up. You and know, by the way, bigger is an inch taller. But you're, you're an inch taller and like, yeah, you weigh more than him, but can you walk up a flight of stairs and not have to fucking bend over and get an oxygen mask? Because I've seen the way you look in a suit, Jink. I'm fine. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just, ta- I mean, like, so like, and yeah, I can tell a lot by the way that you look. I'm sorry. You're not well conditioned, right? Because Joe Rogan can just avoid you for a minute or two and then you'll be huffing and puffing and then you get a flying knee to the face and then he chokes you out and then the fight is over. Oh, and- I mean, again, the idea that he would make that claim is hilarious. Right. Like, I mean, Um, and maybe maybe he trains his ass off and maybe he's just, maybe he's a great fighter. Maybe so. Fucking prove it. You're going to sit there on YouTube and you're going to make these claims or Twitter or whatever. Then I'm sorry. You got to fucking prove it. Right? And look. By the way, he's been on Rogan's podcast. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But he's actually, you know, and, and Rogan will talk about it. He's one of the guys where he's like, look, I've talked to Jank Younger. I've talked to Bernie Sanders. I've talked to Ted, um, I'm sorry, Ted Bundy. Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Ted Bundy, that would be weird. Because um, he's dead for one thing. Um, <laughs> um, right. you know, but, you know, and Alex Jones. And yeah. I 100% agree with what you said before, that having a conversation with someone, even if you're giving them a platform, if you're giving them a platform to make themselves look like idiots... Which they do Which all they the time, do all especially. Time, yeah. I mean, but no one's listening to Ted Nugent on Joe Rogan's show and being like, 
That's very that, insightful, Teddy. That guy's got it. I like that. Right? Like, oh, I, oh, unless people already right. believe that. Right. Um, but I, I want to talk, we're, we're getting late on time here, and I want to talk about a big breakthrough, potentially, in, in the fight against COVID. Merck has an antiviral drug that has come out and shown very good um, efficacy for treating, not preventing, but treating COVID. Now, the, the, uh, the FDA is speeding up the, um, you know, they're, they're considering it for emergency authorization. The numbers were very good. I'm sorry, I don't have them in front of me, but basically of their control group and their treatment group, uh, the treatment group had much better recovery times and no deaths, where the control, where the placebo group had much worse recovery times and a fair number of deaths. And I just like, I get why it's being done that way, but boy, it would suck to be the placebo group. You, I, I mean, the idea that. We're going to give you something, it might be the cure for what might kill you, or it might be a sugar pill. A sugar pill. <laughs> right? And it's just like, you have something, by the way, the thing that you have, right, that's real. Right? Like, everybody here has COVID. Yep. Right? COVID, on its own, if we give you nothing, may kill you, you may be fine, maybe anywhere in between. Also, this thing that we have, half of you are going to get something that'll help it, maybe, and something, a lot of you are going to get something that ain't going to do shit. It's Tic Tacs. Also, COVID can still kill you. But you <laughs> still it, may get Tic Tacs. It, 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 right. right? Just, I mean, again, I understand from a scientific perspective. What does that waiver look like? That's a great question. Right? I mean, and it's just like, and who the fuck signed it? Yeah, I, the, I, you know, I mean, I, I get it if you're dead. I mean, it's just like, bitch, you better make sure I get the real deal. I swear it, to God, you give me a Tic Tac, we're fighting. If, if you... <laughs> They're like, okay, buddy, we're going to turn up your oxygen and go to sleep. If, well, I mean... If I was a clinician and I was told you're going to be given giving half of your patients a placebo, I don't think I could sleep at night. I don't even know how. I, yeah, I, I, that's that's just. And again, scientifically, I get it, but yeah. practically, ugh. Yeah, it just from a from a from the human vantage point, it, it is just it, that's it's icky. Yeah. I, I don't know how, I mean, I just, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't, like, it's almost like you can't tell the nurses, right? Oh, or, they, they're, they're almost certainly a double blind. Right. So it's they just, don't know yeah, what they're doing. I mean, but, it's just, oh, But man. still, and why not give, I mean, again, from a scientific standpoint, I get it, but why not give everyone the real deal, and if you get zero deaths and quick recoveries for everyone, then use an animal model to test the placebo? I don't know. Why do you need to test the placebo? Well, because you you need to show how it does against nothing. So, it again. You got to show how it does against nothing. Unfortunately, I mean, like this is just where we're at. I mean, I don't like it. I don't think anybody likes to see how the sausage is made, especially in a situation like this. And you know, just getting a little glimpse of it. I mean, it, it's stomach turning. And it's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not just it's not Tuskegee. It's not purposely no. like giving people diseases and seeing what it does to them. But it's still it still leaves a bad taste in your mouth. We'll go with icky, right? I mean, it's just I I pulled that one from my daughter. Your daughter's icky. That's and she's not wrong. All right, man, you ready to wrap this up? I am. We are at Wisconsin Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We're done.